0: Here we are again, Titans Talk, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Landon, I know you're as psyched as I am about that huge win yesterday.
1: What are are your additional thoughts? I mean, I feel like I'm still in a dream state, and I don't know it's real. I mean, I left so much emotion up in those stands that, (laughs) in a way, it's hard to get excited about this game because, I mean, I freaked out probably five times in the last two minutes. I hugged everyone multiple times. We had a lot of group hugs. Oh yeah. I actually almost cried a few times, but I mean it's not it's not every day you go to the greatest game you might ever see in person. Yeah certainly I've watched better Times games on T V like Mario just come back against the Chiefs in the playoffs, but as far as oh, yeah. I've seen in person, the only thing the only game that comes close to this was Vince Young to Kenny Britt back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you hit the nail on the head. I've seen a lot of really good games in that stadium. I've seen double overtime games. I've seen, you know, super huge, super big highs. Like last year, you know, I didn't think it was going to beat, you know, the Philly or the new England game, but this game was something special. Um, I mean, (laughs) you talk about a gritty team who was an underdog, not supposed to win this game at all. Not even supposed to be in this game Um, coming out and winning, especially the way that they did with the blocked field goal. Oof, Landon, Tell me right now, yesterday's game, who, who would you give a game ball to? I mean, we ha- we saw a lot of ups and downs, a lot of big plays, uh, you know, for the Titans. Who gets that game ball?
1: I think it's got to be Derek Henry because when our offense seemed to sputter and it looked like the Chiefs were going to just keep scoring and put this game away, it was Henry time. I mean, he busted that 60-yard touchdown where he looks like a man among boys again. He kept powering us through in the fourth quarter. And even though he wasn't even used on the last drive because Lewis was in there for pass protection and receiving ability, he was still our best offensive player by far, and he's the reason why we are even close enough to get this last gas miracle. Oh, for sure. Runner up, I would say runner-up would be Tannehill. I know statistically not a very impressive game, but you watch those last two drives, especially – on his scrambles and his read options where he keeps it, and he's trucking guys for the extra yards and the two-point conversion. That's a guy with a lot of heart that just wants to win at all costs.
0: Yeah, I think you nailed it. Um, I'll tell you what. I, I'll say it. I have I say it every single week. I'll say it again. You get that guy 20-plus carries, and, he, and we're going to win. More likely than not, wouldn't you say?
1: I mean, certainly. I think he had 23 this week. Yep. And, I mean, you can't win games like this every week, but – he gets 23 carries, he gets 188 yards and two touchdowns. It's not a coincidence that when the volume goes up, the offense goes up.
0: Yeah, and you know, a guy like him, for as big as he is, the volume carries really work for him because when he starts off, yeah, he might not break the big one every once in a while. Those two, three-yard runs to start the game off, he's hitting those defensive tackles and those linemen and the linebackers pretty hard, and by the fourth quarter, you kind of see what happens. He breaks off runs. And he gets us in great position. That's where his value becomes so important. And I wouldn't be surprised if we lock up Derrick Henry before the end of the year to a long-term deal, especially now that we don't, we aren't looking like a team that's really going to pay Mariota the money. And also, you you nailed it with Tannehill as well. Everybody knows I'm very critical of Tannehill. Every time we're at a game in the sands, if he throws an incomplete pass or throws an interception, I'm the first one to say put Mariota back in there, you know, half jokingly, half because I I love the kid. But, but yeah, Tannehill showed me something yesterday. Like you said, he didn't light up the stat sheet. Um, he went 13 for 19 for 180 y- 181 yards and two touchdowns. He was really efficient with his passing. But like you mentioned, you know, when he scrambled and when he ran, he showed some determination, he showed some grit, especially on that, that two-point play. Uh, he, he wasn't, you know, flipping over like Elway, but man, he went and he knew he was going to get hit. He lowered his shoulder and, and he, he had more will than the other players. So that really, really impressed me. And I was happy to see that. Um, I think if I were going to get a player to the game, I obviously would think Derrick Henry, but I also think that Rashawn Evans deserves a big nod for player of the game. He had that huge fumble recovery for a touchdown. And he, he, for a guy that's pretty big, he had some, he had some blazing speed. What do you think?
1: From what, from rewatching some of the highlights and some of the tape, what stuck out to me most was Mahomes had a lot of completions over the middle. A good bit were short the first down marker. And now occasionally we would, they would break the tackle and they'd run for the first down. But on the ones that didn't, it seemed like every time Evans was in there to support the tackle. especially on Kelsey on several times on third and long Kelsey would get short of the first down Evans would help wrap him up and just take him down. And it wasn't the dominating solo one-on-one superstar level plays, but it was just, he played within what the team needed. He wrapped up guys, he stopped the ball carrier. And obviously he took a fumble back for the touchdown. What more can you ask?
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, for a player in his second year, I think we really look at him as he, he's taking those progress, he's taking those steps and he's progressing into a Pro Bowl caliber linebacker. I mean, do you think Pro Bowl is his next step? Do you think he's eventually going to be an All-Pro or, or do you think he's just going to be that linebacker who's a little bit
1: better than average? I think he can peak as a fringe All-Pro level player where he has a couple outlier years where he's a bit better due to circumstances and he gets voted in maybe second team or first team. But I think playing next to Jayon Brown will hurt his stats some because both those guys are so good and so young. It's like they're both so good. It's not – they have to split stats. They can't have every tackle together. Right. And you mentioned this in the stands when Harold Landry had that second Mahomes. It's crazy that John Robinson was able to get Evans and Landry (laughs) in the same draft.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just unreal when you think about it. It's like, huh? How did that happen? You know, sometimes – you know We analyzed the draft more than anybody, but yeah, when you look at it and you're, you think about it, and we got both of them. I was sitting there hoping that we took Landry in the first round, and then we got him in the second. I can't be any more excited than I am about the future of this team and those two guys leading it. I mean, it's just incredible. In
1: their rookie seasons, there's I definitely had some doubts about the picks because Evans missed games. Then, obviously, Darius Leonard was first-team All-Pro, but during their second seasons, Leonard hasn't been as dominant a force. He's also missed some games. Landry has taken a step up. That sack he had on the homes. He also inadvertently got the Chiefs' left tackle hurt because the guy had to back up so much he hurt his knee. <laughs> it was just, it was just straight athleticism. Landry rushed him. He got low. I mean, really low for a, lo- a lanky edge rusher, and he just got right around him. Those are two cornerstones of this defense, and they're second-year players. And Jeffrey Simmons is a first-year player. Oh, yeah. And we're going to we're gonna extend Jayon Brown. And obviously, Bayard was just re-signed. So the core of this team, the core of this defense, it's not going anywhere. It's only going to get better.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I think, you know, Jayon Brown is definitely a guy who's earned it. And I think we'll see him get rewarded. Probably, you know, I, I think he's, you know, end-of-the-season kind of guy that make an extended. You know, we might see something... Uh, in the last couple weeks but i think the guys you want to lock up before the end of the season are the guys like uh derrick henry you know jack conklin if if we if we determine he's worthy of a a right tackle contract in this league which i I think he is how did he perform on
1: uh, yesterday uh, in your eyes i thought conklin looked fine it seemed like the majority of the pass rush and the penetration the defensive line got cam on the left side and i think the view of Conklin's performance is skewed because Nate Davis plays next to him. True, He doesn't have a steady veteran next to him to help minimize mistakes. I mean, Nate Davis has been the worst player on that offensive line. And I get it. He's a third round rookie from UC Charlotte. It's not an easy position, but when you've got a guy like that next to you, you look worse because the pressure, of the sacks are always coming from your side and you have to help out. And your overall performance is worse, but compared to what he was last year, I'll be fine with bringing Conklin back, especially because obviously we've talked about this before Keith Carter as the offensive line coach, there seems to be some questions there across the whole offensive line. And then with Derek Henry, I was looking at some advanced stats. This was the first game all season. He did not have a negative run. The first (laughs) time he was not stopped for a loss. Uh, You look at the charge, just yellow green and touchdowns and it's beautiful. And it, and makes a whole lot of sense. If you, if he can't be stopped in the backfield, He's going to overpower the defense. And that was his best game of the season. It was the first time I thought that the offensive line played close to okay in run blocking. And if this offensive line can get back to above average like it used to be, and Derrick Henry is still this good, is that an NFL leading rusher right there?
0: I think he could be. I mean, you know, he's not far off right now. I think his uh, most recent count is 832 yards, where Dalvin Cook is – the current leader at 991, so practically 1,000 yards. McCaffrey is second with 989. Um, yeah, Henry is fourth with 832. So he very well could be another big showing like this. And uh, he, if he takes a bye week to get his legs back
1: underneath him, I think we could be looking at that kind of a guy. His performance this season has easily been the most promising thing I've seen out of this offense because when you look at the offensive line, In the quarterback situation he's been given, out of all the top rushers, how many of these guys get in the backfield a bunch every game and still average over four yards of carry? How many of these guys play with, I'm sorry to say this, but a quarterback in Mariota who didn't take a lot of shots. Okay, okay, Landon. Who only throws 19 times. Come on. Okay. Right. The point (laughs) is, this isn't the most optimal offensive scheme for him. any leading rusher, and he's still producing. You're I right. I, compl- I know I complained a couple episodes ago that he's averaging close to four yards of carry, and he's averaging 3.5 yards after contact. So pretty much the offensive line was doing him nothing. And if the offensive line can just do him something, that goes a long way because if Henry can be even better than he has been, if we can dominate the time of possession even more, make the quarterback situation even easier, rest up the defense, there's no reason that in the next couple of years, we're not vying for a playoff spot every year like we have been.
0: Yeah, I think I think you make a really good point with that. And two,
1: also, you mentioned about Derrick Henry
0: and the line playing well. I think the line did play pretty well. We're not going to talk about the left side of the line because we're going to wait for Nathan to get back because so, I know he wants to chime in on that. Um, but I was watching some highlights today, and it's something I didn't really notice as much yesterday, but Derrick Henry looked more agile, like he was super flexible through holes did you
1: notice that as well yeah i noticed that especially on his long touchdown run the cut he made to dodge the giant pile of all the linemen was yep. a bit uncharacteristic of him because usually he kind of stops kind of stutters and works his way and this time it was just a clean cut and he's off and running i think that's a big reason why he even broke that run because the defense wasn't expecting him to change direction that quickly
0: specifically that play that you mentioned you know he he showed some more elusiveness and I guess flexibility and agility to kind of move around and do some shape-shifting action to hit that crease to hit that hole and I mean it it, it paid dividends you know he ran for 188 yards um, so even if you take that long touchdown run away you still got a 120 yard game from him I mean that's beyond impressive I mean the guy is is playing lights out this year and you know, when we give them the opportunity. So I just hope that Arthur Smith and the front office are listening and you know, they 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 acknowledge what they have and run the ball with this kid because he's gonna he's gonna produce. So one other thing too that I I so I pulled up the stats to do league leaders, Rashawn Evans. He is the fifth leading tackler in the league with eighty-two tackles. Um, I knew he was doing well. I didn't, I didn't realize he had that many tackles. But, but, yeah, I mean, he obviously is a guy that we just talked about. You know, he's taking
1: that next step and in that kind of a position year after year. Yeah, he looks like the guy you saw in his final season at Alabama where athletically he's a step above the players he's going up against. There's hardly anyone that can outrun him over the middle of the field, he can step in coverage, he can create pressure, and he's just fitting so well. I want to bring some attention to the defense because it was easily their worst performance of the season, giving up 30 32 points. In the second half, the fourth quarter after Mahomes had that crazy jump pass touchdown to <laughs> Michael Hardman, yeah. which I st- I still understand how that happens.
0: Yeah. I mean, Mahomes
1: lived up to his billing and even more. But back to the defense, after that touchdown, Kansas City couldn't really get anything going. They forced a punt after we scored our second-to-last touchdown with Henry's one-yard touchdown. They forced a punt where we failed to convert on fourth down. They're in field goal territory already, and they only have to get a first down to steal the game. They run twice. It's third and two. They go for the kill shot, and they try to scramble with Mahomes. It doesn't work. I mean, this this is a team that scored 32 and maybe the most explosive offense in the league. They're in field goal territory, and we shut them down when it matters most. We get lucky with the botch snap at the very end. A 46-yarder is very makeable for Butker, I mean. He did it last week to win the game against the Vikings. Josh Kalu says he un- he knew their snap cans. He times it perfectly. He blocks it. And on a day when our defense couldn't do much, the last seven minutes of the fourth quarter was one of their best performances of the season.
0: Oh, without a doubt. And, yeah, you mentioned Kalou and how he timed it up. I'll tell you what. There were a lot of people calling. His offsides and you know this, that and the other thing. But I was watching that play and he literally times it up so perfectly that the second the ball is moved, just even a centimeter, he is already coming across the line and he is so quick. He was the preseason darling during all of our, our summer camps and um during the preseason and you know unfortunately got hurt, but he made this fifty three roster uh and then he got you know, then he got hurt and we designated him for IR to return. So that says a lot about that young kid, and he is a player. So I'll be curious to see how he develops over the coming weeks because obviously with Butler out, he's going to get a little bit more playing time. We're going to see some guys like him. We're going to see Malik Hooker a little more. The, the best seven minutes of Titan football that we've seen all season into the final seven minutes of that game. Also, you mentioned about Mahomes. There's a reason this guy was the MVP that last year, and after being out a few weeks, he came back. A lot of questions about his knee, and he is just incredible to watch, and I'm, I'm glad we were all there to see it. I'm glad we were all able, able to see him, but more importantly, I'm glad we were able to beat him. If he had one more drive, uh, you know, or if they had a little bit more time or managed their timeouts a little bit better, you know, he and Tyreek Hill were hooking up all day.
1: I I, I was thinking there was a moment where that wasn't going to stop. Yeah, that was actually one of the plays where – in the last couple of minutes, the defense held because... So they go for the deep shot late in the fourth quarter to Hill. It's at the end zone. Adore Jackson's covering him. It's Jackson can't really break up the pass. It's over the shoulder, and Hill just can't quite bring it in. But I thought right there that was the game because all day they were connecting. It didn't matter who we had. Logan Ryan, who's been playing at an all-pro level, that touchdown he gave up to Hill, it wasn't even coverage or technique. It was just... Hill is just faster than Logan Ryan. You can't do anything about it.
0: There's no chance. I mean, he's so quick. He ended up with
1: 11 catches
0: for 157 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I mean, that guy is so fast. I I thought I understood how fast he was until I saw him, you know, in person yesterday. And it's just mind-blowing uh, how this guy doesn't have 1,000 yards every single game. I mean, it's just unreal. There were plays where, uh, you know, Mahomes barely even dropped back, and he just chucked the ball up
1: and knew Tyreek Hill was going to be there. And it, it was just incredible to see. What was just as crazy was early on when they would just do the short dump offs, and he would break the tackle. And you think, oh, it's going to be a seven-yard game. And then he just glides by all of our defenders for a 15-yard game. And you're just thinking, wait, what? Because I, oh, yeah. because I mean – We've all seen Chris Johnson at his at his peak, and Tyree Kill is like that, but he's a receiver. And it's, it's just crazy to watch because for so long, that was never happening to us. We were doing it to other teams. And just to, yeah. just to feel so helpless because every time he got the ball, you just held your breath because you didn't know how they were going to corral him because he could just outrun everybody. Oh, for sure. If they didn't have, like, 30 seconds on that last drive, if they had like a two minute drill, they were scoring a hundred percent because I don't think there's anyone in the league outside of Belichick with that Pads defense that can contain Tyree Kill. And then Mahomes guys like <laughs> guys like that don't come to Nashville, Tennessee all that often. I know he's in the AFC, so there's potential that we see him every year, but it's not like to get to get to see a guy like that just I mean, as a subjectively, he's just so much fun to watch because Well, obviously he's the MVP, he can do everything. And I know our quarterback situation isn't quite as enviable as some teams, but it really seems like we're starting to find like a golden age of quarterbacks where it seems like at least around half the teams are either have a manageable position or have their star. I haven't seen Lamar Jackson play since that Sunday night football game. That touchdown run he had, there's so many good young (laughs) quarterbacks in this league and there's a lot coming in in this upcoming draft and, I just want us to get our own because it's so much fun to have a guy like that to root for. This twenty-four-year-old superstar that's gonna lead your team to championships for the next fifteen years.
0: Oh yeah, believe me. About four years ago, I was in,
1: <laughs>
0: I was excited about our product on the field and our quarterback, our new quarterback. Um, so it just kind of it shows you the parity of the NFL and how things can change really quickly. Something you 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 were talking about. You mentioned Mahomes. And it got me thinking about our quarterbacks and how Mariota used his legs. And you know, we always think of Patrick Mahomes as this great athlete, which he is. Guess how many rushing yards he had yesterday?
1: He had zero. I don't think he ever zero. He never even scrambled for yeah. a first down. I think they're yeah, definitely being right. Zero with with that knee. They
0: are. Oh, they they are for sure. It, it, it's just so interesting that Mahomes, the super athletic quarterback, you think he's going to be all over the field, but he truly shows that he knows how to stay in the pocket. And, I mean, there were so many plays yesterday where he was not, even with the injury, he wasn't afraid to take a hit and stay in there and deliver a pass. And like that pass, you like you mentioned, the touchdown to Nicole Hardman, it, he was pretty much on his way down. And he kind of just chucked it out there and then off to the races. It was insane. And, you know, like you said, that is something really exciting to see. And I think confidence in this – Front office or in John Robinson, um, that I think that we will get our guy again. Robinson will pick pick his guy, uh, so maybe if that's this year, maybe not. You never know where it'll happen. Feel fairly confident that if he's going to go that way, that he's going to pick one of these next superstars, and I think we can have one of them in Nashville.
1: So, yeah,
0: I mean, a really really great win yesterday, and you know we've got a lot of exciting things to look forward to. So, we've got our buy this week. I've been saying, I I told you guys the other day, I think our buy came like three weeks too late, but after a result like yesterday, how could you really argue? Landon, what do you think our biggest thing to accomplish over the bye is? I mean, obviously you want to get people healthy, but specifically, where do you want to see some improvements? Where do you want to see some, some changes?
1: I'd like to see the offensive system loosen up a bit more because when it comes down to crunch time, when we have to make that comeback, We've seen how easily we can move the ball at times. And now, obviously, prevent defense. The The circumstances aren't always the same, but we've shown the capabilities that we can pass just as well as most teams in the league, but for so, for so long in games, we just don't. And maybe it's because Tannen had yeah. to step in midseason. He didn't have a full offseason to grow in the system, but to pretty much have two weeks between games, I really hope that that can get his rapport with Corey Davis and A.J. Brown going because A.J. Brown had one catch I think yesterday and that was was an important one to help set up Derrick Henry's last touchdown but yeah he did more from our receivers
0: but I'll tell you what A.J. Brown he didn't have a whole lot of production yesterday but there were a lot of plays that he was really close on you know there were there was one questionable call where it could have been pass interference but there were two – there was one – I think there were two balls that hit him right in the hands in stride um, down the field. And don't get me wrong, they were tough catches to make. But, you know, he's that type of athletic player that could make those. So they were really close on a couple big bombs, and they would have been – that would just opened up the game for us. But I think Tannehill getting a little bit more comfortable, us opening up the playbook and airing it out a bit. I think that the, the coaching staff is getting more comfortable with that kind of an idea and I think like you like you said, we're gonna see that coming up in, in the next couple of weeks. I think we're gonna see more deep shots, we're gonna see a stretch in the field, we're gonna see more opportunities for Henry too. Obviously we still have a couple of players out on injury. Like you mentioned, Corey Davis. Be nice to get him fully healthy. Uh Jarrell Casey, we've had we haven't had him for the past two games. It'd be good to get him back. Delaney Walker, always we want him we want him to be healthy and back. And you know, overall, I mean We didn't have a ton of people on the injury report. I think everybody can use a much-needed break. As you know more than most, we do not have an easy schedule to finish out the year. That's another reason why I want us to
1: open up the playbook, play more balls to the wall, so to say, because there is little margin for error. We essentially need to win out these last four division games to give us a comfortable chance of making the playoffs. And like you said, it's a really tough schedule, but we have the talent, we have the defense. We just have that knack for winning games, we shouldn't that. There's no reason why we can't be in the playoff contention week 16, week 17 like we've been for the past 2 years, but we we can't expect to win like this every week. You can't have a miracle every week and expect to make the playoffs.
0: That's right. It usually it feels like when it comes to playoff time, if you're not in that that top Top, those top seeds. Teams that get in are the ones that string together wins and know how to, to win at this point in the season. So you're right. Um, we aren't going to get this lucky every week, and we need to figure it out, and we need to get some more some more consistency. And I think that's something that our team has been lacking all, all season long. We talked about it last episode. We are the toughest team to predict. You never know which team you're going to get. And, you know, thankfully, yesterday, we came out ready to play, and I think that's what we got to do the rest of the season. Let me ask you this, Landon. After yesterday... Because I know on our last episode, we were talking about the rest of the season. You were a little bleak. You weren't really feeling a whole bunch of wins left on the the schedule. After yesterday,
1: are you feeling a little more encouraged? What are you thinking down this stretch? If we can beat the Chiefs without two of our four best defensive players, without our best receiver, if we can do all that, then I don't see why we can't. After our bye, hopefully get our guys back healthy. I don't see why we can't. Have nine, ten wins, and maybe some luck goes our way. Maybe, I mean, we could miss the playoffs at nine-seven. The way I see it, it could come down to week seventeen. Week seventeen could be for the division. It could be us versus Houston. It would be just like oh, last year.
0: Wouldn't that be something? And you know, just
1: like last year, except this time, instead of Blaine Gabbert, we have Ryan Tannehill, and we have a much better team than last year's. And if week seventeen, our last home game of the regular season it's for the playoffs. Is for a home game. We might we might finally see Nissan Stadium rocking.
0: Oh man, I'll tell you what. If it gets to that point, I'll buy tickets for everybody to come to the game. We we sure have felt the opposing team opposing teams' presence at, at games, and um, none more than yesterday. Well, maybe Buffalo, but no, yesterday was louder. They were doing the that war chant, and it was unreal. Um, but I'll tell you what. If this team, if we're in that position. I really hope it's, you know, a a complete stadium full of of two-tone blue. And, you know, we've seen that place get loud, and I think we can do it again because I think people are excited. The angst of the Mariota is kind of like the the bubble has been burst, and we kind of know where we are with that. So people like me who are so upset, we kind of get over it. And people who are calling for Mariota, to to get benched they finally get their way so i think we got a lot of different things going i think a lot of there's a lot of excitement about this team especially after yesterday so i think we're in a really good spot all right lan so with that i think we'll wrap up we'll look forward to this bye week to getting healthy and you know kind of try to evaluate the things done this far in the season try to build on those prove that this team is playoff worthy and that we're gonna make a run thank you everybody for listening And we'll probably get you another episode here on our bye week. Talk about the playoff picture that's shaping up to be kind of where we're at in that mix. um, And talk about some other things around the league while we have this week off. So, Lan, it was awesome sharing that game with you yesterday, as always. And tighten up. tighten up.